This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Last week, we started a discussion about how do we prepare for the new year? And Pastor, you talked about the first thing you do is review the past 12 months or so. And uh, as usual, we spent the entire podcast talking about reviewing the year. And so I love that because now we get to transition into looking ahead at the new year. And there's a practice that you have done uh, for a, a lot of years that has helped us as a, a team, as a staff, so much that I, I would love for you to talk about. I think it would be helpful for other leaders, but it's this idea of discerning a theme where God is leading in the coming year. Can you talk about where that came from or how you do that every year? Yeah. So I got this idea, I think, um, I think I got this from a leadership book or some kind of book years ago. I mean, my, my background is when I was 19, if you remember, I was in a network marketing business and you hang around all these quote unquote, uh, leadership, uh, positive gurus. thinking gurus. Yeah. And so a lot of that stuff, you got to eat the fish and spit out the, the bones, a lot of it, but some of it will apply. One of the things I think I remember from back then was, uh, high level, um, leaders of organizations will pray or not really pray, but seek and be guided by, a theme that they feel like they need to work on as an organization. Well, as a Christian pastor, as a believer, we actually have an inside track that they don't have, and we can go to the source and yeah. ask him. Yeah, let's ask the big man, you know, or ask God. Hey, listen, what what is the trajectory, the direction that you want to lead us as a church? And remember, it's a trickle down effect from the leader. What you're passionate about, your people are going to be passionate about. I remember John MacArthur years ago said this line. He said, what a pastor maximizes in righteousness, your people will minimize in righteousness. What the pastor minimizes in unrighteousness, the people will maximize in unrighteousness. All right, you're going to need to explain that. Yeah, here's here's what that means. What that means is if I am passionate about prayer, my people are going to kind of limp in at first and they're going to say, oh, he's passionate about prayer. But if I unrighteously fudge a little bit with lying or pride or approval, they're going to say, wow, if he minimizes it, then gives me the free reign to maximize it in my life. So pastor's prideful, I'll be prideful. Pastor lies, I can lie all the time. You see, so, but let's take that to the church. Whatever you're passionate about as far as thematically goes or whether you're discerning the direction of the Lord, your people will get on board, some early, some late. But So what are some of the things that you've done here at Long Hollow? Yeah. What are some of these themes before we get to this coming year? Yeah, okay. So uh, in years past, I'm trying to remember some of the words in years past. I mean, I remember uh, the first year. Okay, let's tell me what the first year was. The first year. And, and a lot of these, t- tell me if I'm wrong or not, a, a lot of these are internal like yeah. you don't preach on these things. A lot of times it's how yes. you lead the staff that, hey, this is how I discern uh, we are going to lead this year. And then that affects what we do. But the first year, if I remember right, you called it the year of the staff. Yes, that's it. Year of the staff. Yeah. Why was that? Okay, so the year of the staff. And I think I had a word for it of cohesion. We were yeah. we were siloed. I can't remember the word, actually. Uh, but 
I realized praying, I'd gotten here in October, 2015, I'd prayed for a couple months and I had realized just in, and I evaluated, we could probably do a podcast series on all what I did when I got here. Season or two. Yeah, we we probably need to do that actually, a podcast series on how you start your first 90 days as a pastor. I've done this at two churches. Or your first five years. Or your first first (laughs) six years, I'm still starting actually. But, um, But the reality is I came in, I interviewed the top level staff and I found out early on that we had a great group of men and women serving who were very siloed and disconnected and did not work together. And hurting. And hurting from losing their pastor too. So it was a very interesting dynamic, one that a lot of pastors don't ever walk into, but we had to navigate that. And so instead of just hitting the ground running and saying, hey, we're going to reach the laws, we're going to go after people, we're going to try to make disciples who make disciples, all of things I wanted to do, I felt like we need to internally uh, shore up and build some cohesiveness and um, restoration and uh, healing among the staff. So we called it Year of the Staff. And that year, I tasked a couple of people, you were part of this as well, that we were going to do things, we're going to spend money, we're going to invest resources, we're going to spend time together, we're going to do everything we could to get to know and befriend and love the staff. Well, and to get them healthy. You talked a lot that year about how uh, we couldn't lead effectively. Uh, we couldn't have a healthy church if we didn't have a healthy staff. Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot of things. Uh, that did mean relationally, organizationally, but spiritually too. I, I remember that first year, you did more uh, to pour into the staff spiritually than maybe ever before because of the need that was there. And it wasn't that we neglected evangelism, discipleship, you know, those things. But there was this overarching, hey, we've got to get this right first. This is what God is leading us to do this year. So year of the staff, and then I— Well, re- let me say one thing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's what I've realized, just thinking back, and I think this is accurate. We invested so heavily in the staff. If I remember right, we met. we had a weekly— all staff meeting. Yeah. Is that not accurate? Yeah. We met every week with the entire staff of 90, 85, 90 plus, whatever we had back Which then. Which is crazy now to think about. Every but week it was for needed. an hour. Okay. Yeah. Then after we did that, we then left and had another hour long meeting with the top tier or two of another 40 men and women for another hour, hour and a half. And we did that. And then we went to lunch. Lead, and then lead team. And then lead team. But then we went to lunch yeah. with all staff. With so, everyone. So yeah. you got to understand, or not all staff, but the top two two tiers. And so that's the kind of investment we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So year two. Year two was year of uh, evangelism, I think. Oh, no, year of the member. Year, year the two member. was the year of the member. Yeah, yep. year of the member. And so it was continuity, cohesiveness, got and get to know people. And so I tasked, because remember, all of the lead team at that time were new. Mm-hmm. They were new. They were here less, and this is crazy, the top team at Long Hollow year two had not been there longer than a year and a half. Yeah. Now think about that. So we, oh, well, no, one guy. One guy was. Tony Pasley yep. was here for a few years. Everybody but one was here less than a year and a half. Which, by the way, this is not what you would probably recommend every pastor going into a new church to do. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying, yeah. This was the I, reality. Yes, I discern, and here's a great, here's a great uh, way to think of it. When you come into your church, 
you need to be a student of the culture, mm. not just the culture of the community. Yes, we spend a lot of time doing surveys and demographics and what kind of people are in the community. No, you need to be a culture analysis uh, uh, analyst of your staff mm-hmm. and your people mm-hmm. because you need to know the kind of people you are ministering to and also say is you need to be a student of the previous pastor's preaching. Mm. That's one of the, and we do, again, a whole podcast on how I learned um, just coming in with the bag of tricks, sermons of expository, 55 minutes that I was used to preaching at Brainerd Baptist was not landing in the same way that they were landing <laughs> at Long Hollow. I mean, yeah, when I was here. But anyway, so year two was year of the member. What does that mean? I remember specifically telling our lead team and our ministers and directors and managers, you need to be out meeting our people and getting to know them. I don't care if you've been here 10 years Mm -hmm. or two years. So what does that mean? Popping in offices, talking to them, hanging around in the lobby, going to lunch with them, taking them out. Year three, do you remember year three? Year of the lost. Year of the lost, yeah, or year of evangelism. Yeah, year of the lost. That was year of the lost. Year of the lost is we realized after two years, the situation we had created is we were so passionate about making disciples. We literally had spun that plate to it came off the rails. I mean, we just kept that plate spinning and spinning and spinning. And we had neglected the evangelism plate. So we thought, and, and there's a whole reason we get to that after the break, but one of the re- things we realized was if you don't emphasize evangelism, your people will de-emphasize it. Well, this is good. Uh, we've been talking just about some examples of themes that we've had in the past. After the break, I want us to get to how do you discern a theme for the coming year, and then what do you do with that? So we'll talk more about that after the break. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the Collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the Collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com. Replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. We're back today talking about how you discern a theme, maybe even a word for the coming year as the leader of the church, the organization. Pastor, we've been talking about some of the examples of just the first couple of years we've had at Long Hollow. Uh, I'd like you to get into how you discern the theme for the coming year. When does that happen? And then what do we do with it once you've discerned where we're headed this year? Yeah, so I remember the last three years pretty... um Vividly, I remember two years for sure, and then obviously this year. Uh, last year it was a theme around a theme, not just a word. But so here, here's what here's what happens. 
I would go. I will go away, and I mean go away. I have a shed at home that I, that I spend time. With. You you have to have a place if you're listening. The the way I label it is this: to have a sacred place, you need a specific a sacred space. You have to create a specific place or have a specific place. So a specific place creates a sacred space. What do I mean? The, the place is not sacred as in you know, holy ground. Taking Obviously, shoes off. because yeah. yours is a, a he shed. It's a he shed. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a he shed turned into. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a storage shed that I insulated. Yeah, That's all yeah. I did. But what makes it sacred in a sense, set apart, is that that is the place where I have selected and positioned to spend time with God. Mm. That's where I go to hear from God. Mm. And so I know. Now, I don't always do that in that shed. I mean, sure. I have ham radio hobbies and I contact the world and, you know, in the shed. And I create woodworking play. But anyway, I do that in the shed. But there is a couch where I create my sermons and a time where I spend with the Lord. So this is where I go spend with the Lord. So I get away and, and unplug and I spend some time with God. Now, sometimes it comes quick. This year it came very quick and it mm. really surprised me. I even thought that was not the word because it came so quick. A couple years ago, it took a while. I even remember I had a couple words. I was thinking, is this what God wants to do? And here's how I asked the Lord. And it's going to sound uh, very spiritual, but this is basically what I did. It's very simple. I spent some time, obviously, just seeking the Lord. Now, as opposed to the past, it starts with silence and solitude. So I'm standing or sitting or kneeling or praying, whatever, and I'm just spending time with the Lord. I said standing, probably not standing, but I'm sitting with the Lord, and I'm sitting in silence and solitude for a season of time. But are you going into this time thinking, God, this is what I want to meet about? Yes. No, he knows, okay. and I know. Okay. I'm pressing in for the word. Okay. I'm pressing in for a word from him. Okay. Now you're probably saying, does God still speak? Well, he never says he stops speaking ever in the Bible. Okay. And, and I love what Martin Lloyd-Jones said about the, the, the Bible. He said, the canon was given not to uh, diminish direct revelation, but to combat the heresy in the world. Mm. I, I love that line. So the canon of scripture, the Bible was given not to eliminate direct revelation from God. It was given to combat heresy. Meaning if you perceive that the theme from the Lord is something that is contrary to scripture, that's probably not probably, the word from the Lord. Yeah, probably not <laughs> from the Lord. Now, you, you gotta be careful. I'm not saying you go out and hear words from God and you know, and you sure. gotta be very careful saying, I heard the Lord sure. told me. Sure. What I try to say is here's where I feel God leading us. Sure. Here's what the impression uh, and you even helped me with this because there was a time I was so passionate and white hot fire filled time with God where I'd come out and say, "Man, I really, this is what I believe God told me." And you know, no, well, the, not even this is what I believe God said. This. God said we need to do this. Yeah, I think I was that strong on a couple times. Which, and, which there, there are times where we where we know that to be true. Which but, in hindsight, those were right. I mean, I yeah. think God did tell it. But you're right. But your your caution to me was. The average person can't digest that, and you don't want to create a scenario where people are coming. You can you can imagine this. God told me you need to do this. Give money to X, Y, and Z. Or God yeah. told me you need to go speak, and you're like, ah, God didn't tell me that. Well, so, and we, I think we as pastors have had people come up to us and said, God told me you're supposed to do. No, this. that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Then you create an environment where people are telling you that. Yeah. What I would say is, man, I feel led by the Lord. This is what I feel. Okay. So what I do is I sit with the Lord and then I really just sit and ask the Lord to give me 
a word or direction. Now, how does this work? I know the the culture of where we are. Sure. Now, as a pastor, I'm a student of where we are. You I just know, reviewed last year. Yeah, we just reviewed last year. We put together a document. We get, we presented it to the church. I know what budget we are. I know I know where the needs are. I know I have a, a kind of idea of where the country is going. So two years ago, uh, I knew we were going into this pandemic somewhat. I knew somewhat. And the word the Lord gave me going into 2020, this is crazy. And it was so surprising to us when I texted it to the lead team. Y'all were like, what? that just sounds nothing like you or us. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not you. Mm-hmm. And for those who know me, this is not me. But the word you remember two years ago was efficiency. Yeah, I think I laughed when you told us. Efficiency. That was the <laughs> laugh. Now, I was excited. You were excited because that was I'm all like, you. Because I'm like, ooh, efficiency. Did all I you. come up with this word? Yes, all you. That would have been a word you came up with. That was not a word I would come up with. Which maybe is how you... One of the reasons you Maybe. knew it had yeah, to be, be from the Lord. God. Yeah, but but again, we look back. Remember, about halfway through, we thought this is exactly what this year is about. It's, crazy. it's to do more by streamlining with less. Yeah, so that crazy. year, we downsized some of our staff. We moved some people in the right positions. We went to online church. We did more with less. Well, God gave you this word at the end of 2019. Yes, three months before before the pandemic. The pandemic. Didn't even know the pandemic was really coming. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the the word last year or two two years ago. Last year's word uh, was not necessarily, I can't remember, it was a word, but it basically was more of God. Yeah. That was last year. Last year was we were going to press in for more of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I came to the staff and said, I really believe we have, and the line I kept using was, we have as much of God as we want. And I just challenge this. And I'm going to tell you what I do with this in a moment. But the word this year, and I'm going to tell you what I'm about to do so you'll well, see. Well, let me, before you t- tell uh, us what this year's word is, okay. Last, you know, two years ago was efficiency, and we worked a lot on processes and systems and how do we work remotely and how do we do church online and how do we, you know, thinking through streamlining and, and being efficient the next year was almost the opposite of that. <laughs> the good, the yeah. more of God, we spent more time in prayer and not being efficient. No plan, no agenda, <laughs> yeah. N- yeah, no order. And both of those were from the Lord. Yes, yes. That's pretty funny. No, that's a good insight. I never thought about that. Yeah, because last year was totally off the cuff, yeah. spirit-led. I, how many times did we lead a prayer service, and I went to, uh, I had this whole order. Remember this time? Oh, yeah. And I was about to get up one prayer service, and the Holy Spirit just impressed upon me, leave your notes here and go up and lead with, now, which is uh, totally foreign to me, because yeah. I never lead without notes. Yeah. And uh, remember, we led without notes, and the power of God fell on the service. Well, so, and, when, and when we were bab- in the 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 heat of the revival when we were baptizing more than we could fit in a service. There's no way to be efficient. You just baptize until... That's the line stops. I remember Easter Sunday that year, Uh this year, last year, and we had... I'm telling I think we baptized... After each service, at least 20 to 25. Between services. Between services. (laughs) And I remember the last service, correct me, Robert. I think we had, Robert said, hey, I think Pastor, we got another 45 or 50. Yeah, waiting in line. I think I said, Pastor, quit talking to them. For yeah, no, I was I was taken way too long by <laughs> hearing the testimony. I want to make it special, but I looked up from the baptistry and there was a line out the door, down the hall, up the yeah. stairs, and not efficient at all, but more of God. Yeah, and then we baptized on Easter Sunday two hundred and one people. I, know, I mean, crazy. it's just mind blowing. Okay, so, so what is this year's? Okay, so uh, this theme. year's word and what I'm doing with it. So this year's word uh, again got it a little more. Uh, easily. Now, maybe, I mean, not to say it's this way, but maybe 
in years past, it was harder for me to hear from God because I didn't have some of the tools in the tool belt or practices to steady and slow myself down enough mm. to be able to discern the word or, or where the Lord's leading. Who knows? Maybe the Lord just said he's, he needs it quick. So the word the Lord gave me for this year is clarity, mm. which again is not in my wheelhouse as far as, you know, clarity for me, I'm just, I had to rethink the word clarity, Lord, what is, what is the year of clarity? What are we going to be clear about? And then I started to share it with candy. Cause I always share can- with candy and uh, candy said, well, that, that kind of makes sense because haven't you for the last year worked with Will Mancini and future church and, haven't you worked on a vision and to missions? clarify. Yeah, and yeah. strategy statement. And I thought, wow, I guess you're right. And she said, and my wife always has to help me. She said, aren't you this year going to roll that out to the church? And so that makes perfect sense. You're going to be clear about where you're going. And maybe that's what God's showing. I said, I think that's exactly right. So it sounds like you, you spend time with the Lord, asking for a word, get, making space that he can speak to you. Uh, through his word and through promptings. And then when you do sense a a theme, a word, then you ask questions of the Lord. Okay, I feel like this word, this this theme of clarity, what do you mean by that, God? And it sounds like you do that by talking to other people, trusted, whether it's your spouse or you brought that to the lead team and said, hey, here's Here's where I think God is leading us. And then we flesh that out practically yes. as to what that means. So tomorrow, what are you doing yeah. with that? So I love that too, what you said. verbal. Pro- I'm a verbal processor. Yep. And so I like to process out loud. And I like to massage it and shape it and just kind of streamline what it is. So then when I have the word and I say, okay, this is where I feel the Lord's leading. And remember, don't get so caught up where you can't do anything else. Like, yeah. But 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 overall, the thirty thousand foot direction of Long Hollow is we're going to be in the lane of clarity this year. Now, what does that mean? So tomorrow, I'm going to lead our first staff meeting of the year. Historically, we like to plan it a week or two after the the year begins, and it's really a time in my mind. We we do staff meeting every month, obviously yeah. with the staff. You lead a leadership staff meeting. I lead a chapel or chapel Oops. devotional. Yeah. Uh, prayer time. But what what this would be, what this is going to be is setting the tone and the tempo for the year. Hmm. Okay. So as a pastor tonight, okay. And I, I'd love to say I've got a lot planned for this, but normally I like to spend the night before so it's fresh and then I'll get up tomorrow and kind of readjust re, uh, it a little bit. I will get alone with the Lord tonight and I will just listen and read the word and spend time with God and try to get some scripture or some direction of what that looks like for us this year at Long Hollow. I'm going to share a little bit of what last year was like for me, very vulnerable. I'm going to be a little vulnerable in the sense of it was great and it was challenging. And what I'm going to share tomorrow too is I'm going to share with our our, our staff because we've all journeyed together in a very hard year. I mean, just like your church, you've lost staff members. Some of you, you've lost family of staff members to COVID. You've lost friends. Uh, you've lost finances. You've, some have lost their jobs. It was a tough year, 2021. And so I'm going to talk about suffering. And what I'm going to talk about tomorrow too is how God uses suffering as the pressure cooker for transformation in our life. Mm. And what I mean by that is, you may be right now suffering. 
you may be right now going down a difficult road. You may be right now dealing with cancer or a health issue or a scare or a financial challenge. And I want to encourage you to let you know, if you're a Christian, a follower of God, you are right where God has you and he is working. Mm -hmm. Even when it's difficult, even when it's tough, God uses suffering to form and shape you into the person he wants. And I just think of my own life, and I shared this in a sermon recently, I would not be the man I am today if it wasn't for the hardest, most challenging season of my life last year and the year before of confrontation and criticism and people calling and saying things about me and friends dying and father-in-laws passing unexpectedly, all of that conglomeration of things has led to a man today who has gone through brokenness Mm. and who has sought the Lord. And on the other side of that, I feel like has a relationship with God more intimate than he's ever had in his life. Mm. Man, that's so helpful. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Pastor. I hope that today's conversation has been helpful. I would encourage you, if once you have reviewed last year the things God has taught you, Spend some time with the Lord, asking him to give you a word, give you a theme for the coming year, and then ask, what does that mean, and how can we use that as we lead our church to a more intimate, um, healthy relationship with Jesus? If you find these podcasts helpful, do us a favor and share it with someone else who you think it might help them and their ministry. If we can ever be of service to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us today on the Disciple Making Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.